congregation, many of us, and I hope all of us, are doing devotions. Hopefully many of us have set a time to also study the Bible, to pray, to be busy with the kingdom of God. But there's a danger to that. For example, I see a mother, the children are in school, she's at home by herself. At 10 o'clock in the morning, she has her devotions for half an hour, 45 minutes. Recommended, right? But now she may feel I have studied the Bible for 45 minutes, so now I'm free. Now the rest of the day, I don't have to think of those things anymore. I have done what I have to do. That is my responsibility. And now I can have time for myself. But we have to realize that quiet time is also a time of the whole day. The entire day we need to have that quiet time. It needs to be integrated in everything. It needs to be constantly on our mind, like, like prayer. Pray without ceasing. Think about those things without ceasing. Be close to me without ceasing. Keep thinking about the Bible. Don't just close it, but be, be busy with it. In other words, the Lord is saying, abide in me. Abide in me. Don't leave me. Don't let me alone. Continue, remain, stay with those things. The text for this morning is from John 15, especially verse 5, and the wider context. Let me read verse 5. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. So far, abide in the vine. The theme for this morning, abide in the vine. Three thoughts, what is it? What is that? Abiding in the vine. Secondly, the command to abide in the vine, abide in me. It's a command, right? And in the third place, threatening them that do not abide in the vine. Abide in the vine, what is abiding in the vine? The command to abide in the vine, uh, threatening them that do not abide in the vine. Congregation, young people, what is the parable about this morning? 
I hear about the Father, the Father. The Lord Jesus Christ has a Father in heaven, his real Father. And he says in verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. My Father has a vine. I am his vine. I am his son. I have to do things for him. I love my father. My father loves me. I do work for my father. I'm sent by my father. I am the true vine. Not only a vine, I am the true vine. The spiritual vine. Divine with a capital letter, you would say. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. So I see a vine. Usually in the middle, a Virgo stem. And I see the branches to the right, to the left. They are in the vine, connected to the vine. And I see also leaves, but the Bible does not speak about that. I also see fruits hang on those branches, right? Every branch in me, in me, the Lord Jesus said, I'm the vine, the branches are in me. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he taketh away every branch that bear fruit, he purges it, that it now may bring forth more fruit. We leave that for later in the sermon. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. See that? Why does Lord Jesus speak of the vine? and being in the vine, and then changing subject, and talk about your clean through the earth, which I've spoken to you. There's a reason. Because of what we see also later on in this, in this chapter, that the there's a point that the branches are connected vine, right? So think of that, that corner. The vine and the branch in that corner. How is that branch in the vine? Well, we know that the Father has inserted it, right? You know that the Father is also the owner of the vine and the owner of the branches. But there is also something there. And it is the Word. The Word of the living God. It's an abiding in Him. It's abiding in the Word. As we see also later in verse Verse 8, seven, if you abide in me, and, and, and seven, if you abide in me and my, and my words abide in you. Do you see it in, in seven? See it in seven? 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you. So that abiding of the branch in the vine is in abiding in the word. Without the word, there is no abiding. The word is the means of the Lord to connect the branch to the vine and to give life to the vine. Life to the branches. The vine gives the word. See that how important the Bible is here? There's a vine, the branches. The branches are in the vine through the earth. Now you're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So they're, they're clean, healthy branches because of that word. And the Lord is saying, Abide now in me and let my words abide in you. So the Lord Jesus talking to the disciples, talking about his church, and he recommends them that to abide in him, meaning to abide in the vine. But you would say, before that, this is all the point of getting into the vine. First, Sunday we insert in the vine before we can abide in the vine. Right. So what is that? What is it to be inserted in the vine? What is it to begin to draw the sap from the vine? That is being born again. That is beginning to receive, to receive the sap, the juice, the feeding elements of the ground to the vine. And that is, the receiving is in fact a believing. Receiving the word receiving from the vine is the same as believing. You say, prove that. I can't do that. I have two texts for you. Proving that receiving from the vine is the same as believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Two texts. John 1 verse 12. But as many as received him, as many, all of them, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. So when people receiving him, that gives the power to become the sons of God, 
It's the same as to believe on his name. Do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? That means that you receive from him, especially his word. His word that's cleansing you, changing you from the inside out. And another verse, John 6, 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. See? And he that cometh to me shall never hunger. To coming to Christ, getting into the vine, is the same as believing. And he that believes on me shall never thirst. So those branches are drinking. The branches are drinking from the vine. They have been made alive. They receive it. They accept that sap stream. They make it alive. All that believing is not a mere intellectual ex- accepting. It's not, it's not a cold keeping something true. It is a lively drinking of the water of life. It is not a reluctant reception of some truth, but an experiential eating and drinking with great desire, with urgency, and with delight. It is the work of the Holy Spirit who makes hungry and thirsty. So I see those branches connected to the vine, and they drink They lie. They receive. Think of Saul John 7, verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man first, let him come unto me and drink. See? So there is a drinking part. The branches are drinking. So you are able to answer the question now, how are they able to drink? What is that drinking? What does that entail? Well, that is reading the Bible, right? Reading it with delight. That is drinking. Receiving the message. John 6. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words, again, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Or think of Simon Peter saying, Lord, to whom else shall we go without the words? 
of eternal life. So the earth, the connection of the vine and the branches is the earth. But more. It is also love. Not only life, also love. Read in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So abiding in Christ is abiding the earth and abiding in love. We see it so clearly. Abiding in the love of Christ. Now how can someone remain in the love of someone? You know, when young people, when young people marry, they love each other. And you could say at the wedding service, keep loving. Keep loving. Get closer. Get to know each other more. Don't create distance. Abide in that love. Be aware of it. Remind yourself of it. Don't forget about it. That he loved his church. And appreciate that love. Don't deny that love. Don't turn your, turn, turn your back into him. So understand that God's people, the disciples, are encouraged to remain in that love, to keep that awareness alive, to remind themselves of it the whole day. The whole day. He loves me, and I love him. Abide in that love. Ye abide in me. My birds abide in you. My Father loved me. I've loved you. Continue my love. You shall abide in my love. If you do my commandments. So abiding the love is also connected to obedience. Connected to the word and connected to also obey the word. It is a danger to love your way. In, 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 in marriage, there are sort of things the other one does not like. So she says, I don't like that. Don't do that. And in love, he says, okay, I won't do that anymore. Because I love you. And so the Lord says, think of my commandments. If you love me, you keep my commandments. Right? Verse 10, 
If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. The Lord Jesus is abiding in the commandments of his Father. And so kept loving him. Obedience. Abide in me is, means stay. To abide is ten times here in this chapter. Ten times. Sometimes translated remain. Sometimes translated with continue. Sometimes with abide. It's all the same word. Menor. Stay. Stick to this. Remind yourself. Continue in it. Don't let go. Don't forget. Don't get lukewarm. Keep it alive. Keep the fire burning. Continue in my love. But there is one more thing. The connection between the vine and the branches is not only only the word, and not only love and obedience, also joy. Now, that's not my idea. That is here in the Bible. Look at verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another and I have, as I have loved you. So it is also the joy. My joy might remain in you. My joy remaining, continuing, abiding in you. So the Lord Jesus is saying to his disciples, continue to be busy with the word, continue to love me, and continue in my joy. Right? The joy of Christ. The Lord Jesus has joy in his people. His people have a joy in him. And the connection between the vine and the branches is not a thing of duty, of must, of mere obedience. There's love in there. There's joy in there. A rejoicing in Christ. If you have never rejoiced in him, then you don't believe in him. If you don't have love for him, you don't know him. So that remaining in him is also remaining in the joy. The joy of Christ is sweet. The joy of Christ is precious. And it fills, right? 
Again, verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Full and fuller. So we see that thing a couple more times in John that it really pleases the Lord when His people have absolute joy in Him. Thrilled. Excited. Marveling. Enjoying. Treasuring. Drinking. Loving it with passion. That is abiding. Abiding is so much deeper than the relationship between husband and wife. They also have joy, right? They, 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 they have joy in being together. And so God's people have joy in abiding. His word, His love, His joy. So now they love and they rejoice in Him. That was the first, first one. What is it about it? And there is more. I'm afraid we just scratch the surface. But we have, we have at least seen the most important pieces. The words, the love, the joy. Let's go to the second part. The command to abide in the vine. Parables are difficult. And parables sometimes are not consistent on purpose. A, a, a branch has no muscles, right? A branch has no ability to think. A branch is just there by maybe, 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 maybe the Lord. So it doesn't make any sense for us to speak to branches in nature. Hey, connect with the vine. Those branches can do nothing. Can do nothing. Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye. And verse 5, the closing part, for without me ye can do nothing. And yet, although this is a work of the Lord, be really a command. Abide in me. Same as repent ye. Believe in me. We cannot and the Lord yet says, I extended call to you. Repent ye, why would ye die? And here, 
he speaks to his people. Abide in him. Abide in him. Do it. That abiding in him is, in the first place, prayer. We see the subject of prayer two times in this piece. For example, in 7, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Those texts are not easy, and I'll let them go for now. But it speaks at least about prayer. So abiding in him is pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray on the whole day. Continue. Stay with it. Don't forget it. Let it be on your mind all the time. Walk with God. Pray constantly. This is an attitude. An attitude. Pray for what? Pray to be in Christ. Pray to have his word opened. Pray for that love. Pray for the joy. Pray for more desire. Pray for more hunger. Lord, I feel so cold this morning. I feel so worthy again. Please come. Revive it. Make it alive. Give me more humility. Give me more brokenness. Give me more insight. Oh, what a wonder that first time that you believed. Child of the Lord, the first time you believed, he destroyed. And you began to drink from the vine. But it's not a one-time thing. Continue in drinking. Continue in prayer. Long ask for more obedience. For more obedience. Seek the truth. Seek what is biblical. Don't right away condemn something as legalistic. Abiding it means that you're alert. I don't want to sin. What is sin? Is this wrong? Is this right? Can I do this? Can I say this? Can I go there? Can I wear this? Can I appear this way? Oh, don't be so difficult. Just enjoy the freedom of God's people. Pardon me? There was some say, right? Some say there should be freedom. Freedom from the law. So you don't have to take it so seriously anymore. That's not biblical. The Bible says the word. Stay with the word. Romans 12 verse 2. 
and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove, may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there's something you're in doubt of. Do I please the Lord with that? Do I grieve him? Well, open the Bible. Say, Lord, teach me. Teach me from the Bible, if I may do that. And don't say quickly, oh, I just feel okay. I just go in the floor. Nobody sees the problem. So why won't I bother? So, prayer. And in prayer, also express your trusting in him. Abide in me means trust me. For all things. For life and death. For body and soul. Don't worry so much. Abide in me. And I in you. Psalm 31. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. Even a praising of him. Being close to the Lord. And abide in him. Also means to glorify him. To praise him. I will praise thee forever. Because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name. For it is good before thy saints. The prayer is a gift. Faith is a gift. And yet, it is also part of being in Christ and abiding in him. How to abide in him? In prayer, in the word, in meditation. Psalm 1 verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Continue, remain in my love, remain in my joy, in prayer, in meditation, in witnessing. Witnessing. His mouth is most sweet, yet he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. So if someone is abiding in Christ and close to him, and with the word, and the love, and the joy, and the prayer, it is also very fitting that they speak well of the Lord 
express also who he is in private and also in public. It is also insane being close to the Lord in sin. So, not only during your devotion time at 10 o'clock, or whatever time it is, also during the whole day, to sing of him. Psalm 13, verse 6, I will sing unto the Lord, because he has dealt bountifully with me. If you have that, if that might be your life, to sing unto the Lord, because he has dealt bountifully with you, that is that abiding. I know branches have no power to remain in the vine themselves, Without him, they we can do nothing. But yet the Lord is also drawing his people by his word. So he makes them to persevere by telling them, Abide in me. And yet, it's also a very threatening side on this, to this. Our third thought. I see the vine... I see the branches, the right to the left. I see some grapes here and there. But some branches do not bear any fruit. And I see the husbandman coming, the gardener with his pruning shears, and he takes that entire branch off, throws it on the ground. Within minutes, the leaves are withering. They're turning brown. And someone gathers them. And they burn them. Every branch in it that bears no fruit, he takes away. He takes away. How can they be? Were they really branches then? Well, it looks like it looked like as if they branches, but they were, they were not. Because there was no word there. There was no love there. There was no joy there. There was no light there. There was no life. And if there is no real connection with the divine, with Jesus, then it is fake and phony and this religion and this legalism or what you name it. So it is so important to get it really into the vine. Otherwise, we will bear no fruit and be taken off and burned. You know, right, that the Lord Jesus is the one who spoke most, most about the subject of hell. He is uh, so there is a threat 
that someone looked like a child Lord and never was. But others are bearing fruit. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So the vine dresser, the husband, the gardener, the father is coming with his pruning shears, and also prunes the branches that bear fruit. That hurts. Bees are cut off. Some wild growth is cut off. But the, the reason is they will bear more fruit. And so the Lord still prunes his people. He just afflicts them. He hurts them. He is hard on them. That looks like hard on them. But the purpose is special. Hebrews 12. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. Right? Chastening, chastising, disciplining of God to his people is not joyous. Does not seem to be joyous. It's not a joyful thing that God feels. But read this. Nevertheless, nevertheless, after it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Unto them this are exercised thereby. So it helps in remaining divine. It keeps them alive. It keeps them on track. They need it. Deuteronomy 8. Thou shalt also consider in thy heart that as a man chases his son, so the Lord thy God chases thee. You know, in modern life, parents hardly discipline the children. That is dangerous. That deforms them. They need a firm hand. More and more in our society, and maybe also in our church, the children decide, not the parents. And the parents are following following the children instead of the other way. Proverbs 3, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son whom he delighteth. Revelation 3, verse 19 as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. See? So there's a threat hanging there. If you don't bear fruit, he is killing you all. 
And if you bear fruit, he will care. But it might also be painful. And if it is painful in other things, maybe, maybe you have afflictions and diseases and problems in your life, or, or it is in a different way, dark inside, don't misinterpret that. Don't say the Lord hates me. No, you say this is the Lord's usual way of dealing with things. He deals firmly with his people. Finally, I'd like to show you one of the main doctrines of the Bible in this piece. It is in verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So that should be the focal point of ours. The focal point also of God's people that it is all about the glorification of God. All about His glory. Without him, we can do nothing. So he receives all the honor, all the glory for providing a vine, for inserting the branch in there, of giving the word and the love and the joy and the warnings and so much more, and also chastising him. This to the glory of the Father. He is my Father glorified that he bear much fruit. So not some people of God. Look for more. Ask for more. Do your best for more. To be close to the Lord. To have more of the word. Children, young people, that word, right? Maybe you say, I'm not, not, not a reader. If I would give you a million dollars, if you would memorize a Bible book, you could do it. I know that. You could, you could do it. You're so motivated for money, right? But if you read the Bible, you read it, you read, you read it, you devour it. It's a power of God unto salvation. So do it. Take that Bible and say, Lord, this is the way the branches are inserted in the vine by the word, by the word being made clean, to remain in the word. And so don't let go. Abide in him. The word, the love, the joy, the glory of the Lord. And he is certain the Lord, the Lord will continue to save the people himself. You know why? For his glory. And in heaven, God's people will rejoice in him. 
they lighted up. He is worthy of all glory. And if someone really feels inside that God is worthy to be glorified, that gives them real joy. There's no joy like that to look upon him. His meditation will be sweet. Amen.